Welcome to the Alberta Health Services COVID-19 podcast. In this episode, AHS speech pathologist Carrie Adams answers questions about the impact the COVID-19 pandemic is having on Albertans living with speech, language, and hearing needs, and what they can do to stay safe and healthy. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. First off, what does it mean to have a speech, language, or hearing need? Well, having a speech, language, or hearing need means they're having difficulty communicating in some way. So whether that be a hearing loss or difficulty understanding, which might be from a stroke, um, or they might have difficulty expressing themselves. And that might come through through um, you know, difficulty um, expressing their thoughts clearly or with their sentence structure or word finding. Um, or it may be that a person has difficulties with speech clarity and so they're having a hard time getting others to understand them. So, you know, speech and language and hearing issues happen to people of all ages, from infancy all the way to elderly and even at end-of-life care. But I would make mention that this is different than somebody who speaks another language, so English as a second language, and is having trouble understanding or expressing themselves. In that case, um, this would be uh, best met through a medical interpreter. How do providers work with people who have communication needs? Well, um, people might work with an audiologist or a speech-language pathologist in a variety of settings. They might work in um, community settings like schools or health units or hospitals or long-term care, just to name a few. And an audiologist is someone who um, assesses, diagnoses and treats hearing loss, um, balance issues, um, auditory processing disorders, um, uh, other things like tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears. <clears throat> Whereas for an SLP, most people think that an SLP focuses, you know, mostly on speech issues like a person who stutters or someone who has a lisp. And we do that, but we have a much more, um, a much broader scope in our practice. So we see um, people that might have issues with language, meaning understanding what's going in or expressing themselves um, or uh, voice issues or stuttering or um, cognitive issues related to communication. And also um, we help people with feeding or swallowing problems. So how has the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic impacted people with speech, language and hearing needs? You know, probably the biggest impact that COVID-19 has had on people that have speech or language or hearing needs is that I think it makes them more vulnerable right now. You know, I think they're, they may be worried about coming into a facility um, with the visitor restrictions or um, wondering if they're going to have their communication tool available to them. And I think that, um, you know, even without the stress of COVID-19 pandemic, people with communication needs often express more feelings of um, isolation, um, frustration, um, some anxiety. And that's because they, you know, they have to use other methods to get their message across. Or maybe they misunderstand more often than you or I might because of a stroke, for example. And um, so using communication tools is sometimes a bit frustrating. So they have these 
feelings as is, and then you add COVID-19 to it, which we've all experienced, probably the feelings of anxiety, a little more angst. Um, so I think that those things are amplified in people with um, speech and language needs at this time. You know, another issue is that with us wearing masks now, whether it be a healthcare provider or people out on the street, those masks um, hide our mouth, right? And that means they hide the visual cues and they hide our facial expressions. They muffle the sound. And so for all of us, it can be hard for us to hear and understand someone with a mask on. And again, you can double that or you know, make it even more challenging for somebody that has a speech, language or hearing need. Another interesting impact that has happened, I think, in, in my practice because of COVID-19 is that because the outpatient clinics have had to be temporarily uh, on hold, we've had to find alternative ways to keep connected with our patients. And, um, you know, for people that have speech and language and hearing needs, being, having that visit over the telephone isn't so great. And um, so I would say the first week or so was a bit challenging trying to figure out how to, for example, teach someone how to use a communication app on their phone so that they could communicate better, but I'm trying to tell it to them over the phone. It wasn't working. So thankfully, Alberta Health Services has um, found an alternative way. And for some certain situations, we've been able to do video conferencing, which has been fantastic. Can you tell us how AHS is supporting Albertans with communication needs during the pandemic? For example, myself, I'm doing a lot of in-servicing here at the hospital to various staff on some of the issues that are, are coming up with communication during this COVID period. Um, and Alberta Health Services also has a group, um, a communication access group that is working really hard to develop tools and learning resources to help all staff uh, within Alberta Health Services um, learn more about these communication tools that are available and also strategies to make sure that we're communicating well with our patients. What can Albertans with communication needs do to prepare if they'll be accessing healthcare services? Um, it would be important to prepare a list to inform healthcare workers of their preferred communication method. Um, let us know tips that they might use to understand better. Like for example, um, taking more time. We need to take more time and give them pauses and, and time to process. Um, if they have a communication tool or a specific app that they use, make sure they bring that along with them. Make sure it's charged and labeled. Um, uh, write a list of medications and allergies and any other pertinent medical history that they might have. And then um, also consider naming a key person, a family or friend, that can be there to help support that communication and can advocate for them as well. Um, and I would just say too, if they do have a phone or a tablet that they would like to use for communication or even if there are visitor restrictions to be able to communicate outside of the hospital through video chat or texting, just make sure they have those apps downloaded and back up the phone or tablet before they leave the house, charge it, label the charger, label the tablet and everything should be good to go. What advice do you have for family members or friends supporting a loved one with a communication need during the COVID-19 pandemic? And what difference does this make? 
take extra time to discuss the COVID pandemic and the public health measures with the family members and with the loved ones. And for those with the communication needs um, that might have difficulty understanding, provide picture support. And we do have that available so that um, it's COVID related and uh, it helps you walk through explaining what COVID is and what the current public measures are in place to prevent the spread. Um, of course, connect with them frequently, you know, make sure you're emailing or texting or phoning or video chatting if you can. Um, you know, I did this with my 103 year old grandpa who does live on his own has a hearing impairment pretty significant and so a way around this was i got the app downloaded you know he wasn't that familiar with the technology gave him some written instructions um, got over the ear headphones which really helped for his hearing and then we can connect with him you know by facetime um, regularly and that really helps the connection on on both ends and then um, learn what resources are out there to help a person prepare a family member if they were to go into hospital. Um, AHS.ca has uh, great resources out there for families to learn what to do and what's expected if a family goes into care. And there's also information on visitor guidelines, which is really helpful. So I think the difference that this makes is that by planning and preparing, we can reduce everyone's level of anxiety and we can ensure everyone's safety. What if someone who has a communication need gets COVID-19? Well, this is really important. It would be really crucial that that person has the communication tools available to them so that they can discuss um, their care, decision-making, and um, possibly have to discuss goals of care. So those tools might look like a communication board or um, a phone with an app, a hospital-based app, um, because we know that people with communication challenges are three times more likely than others to have a preventable adverse event while they're in the hospital. And so it's really important that we provide those communication tools to them so they're able to participate in their care. How can healthcare workers support those with communication needs? Um, involving people in, in discussions about their healthcare is essential to the safety and to that person and family-centered care. So it's important that healthcare workers um, do this by facilitating communication with whatever tool makes the most sense for that person. So whatever that person is using needs to get used. So if they're using picture-based communication or partner-assisted scanning, um, I really encourage healthcare providers to make sure that, you know, they know how, to, how that strategy works and they help that person to use it. Um, you know, check to see if they're wearing glasses, if they have a hearing aid, if they speak a different language or, um, you know, need some help in that regard. <clears throat> and what's really important is that when they're providing health information, they're providing it in um, other ways, not just direct speech, that they're considering pausing more often so that they give that person more time to respond and um, process. Um, they could also write down key words of their message. And what that does is that gives that visual support to their auditory message. 
Um, and I think, you know, the most common thing that I hear from my patients is that people don't give them enough time to use their communication tool. And um, it's discouraging to them because they, they need to use that tool. So I would really challenge healthcare providers to consider that extra 15 seconds and even do this. Grab your phone, put 15 seconds on the timer and just sit there and, and wait as that time ticks down. And realize that on one hand, you know, I know when I did it, I kind of looked down after about eight seconds thinking that, okay, is it, is it over yet? Um, so it's, it's, it's a bit of time. But at the same time, it's only 15 seconds. So if you can take just that 15 seconds to give to that person, to use their device better, um, you're gonna have better understanding between both of you, which means you're gonna increase the patient's safety as well. Um, and you know, it gives that person that has the communication need um, more hope and uh, the autonomy that they need. And finally, do you have any additional advice for Albertans living with communication needs? Well, I would just, you know, give a message of hope. I would say that if you have a communication need, there is absolutely a way to communicate and for you to stay connected and participate in your care. And audiologists and speech language pathologists are here to help. So if you don't know how to access one, the best idea is probably to call HealthLink um, at 811. Thanks, Carrie. You have been listening to the Alberta Health Services COVID-19 podcast. For the latest information on COVID-19, please visit alberta.ca forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening.